Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Jeremy Hayes with the Fadeaway Fitness This Side of the Rim official podcast. Uh, this is season four, episode number one. Uh, today I have with me Alexis Griggs. Uh, Alexis was a first team all PSAC and uh, defensive athlete of the year at IUP um, women's program, Division II school out of uh, Pennsylvania. Alexis, uh, say what's up to everybody here. Hi, everybody. Hey. I also want to say thank you, Jeremy, for yeah. having me on. Oh, absolutely. I really do appreciate you coming on and talk to us about kind of your life and your journey and like everything that you've kind of, uh, I guess, achieved uh, through the game of basketball and learned from from being a kid to kind of as a, as a higher end athlete to now kind of giving back into more like the, the coaching and training game. So I'm really excited to kind of like share your story with uh, with all our listeners here and just kind of keep the ball rolling and keep your uh, your journey in the basketball world going. Yeah, I'm excited too. Cool. Awesome. Well, honestly, let's just get right into it. So, like, kind of give us a background as, like, you growing up as a kid and, like, what all sports that you played and, like, if you think that, like, playing multiple sports helped you kind of grow as, a, a like, a well-rounded full athlete. Yeah, so I was always growing up around sports. Um, my dad, he coaches football, so I would always go to, like, practices or training camps with him so growing up I've always been involved and pretty active um it wasn't until probably I was in the sixth grade that I started playing basketball like competitively I was always into like dance when I was younger so I was a little dancer I was into gymnastics um and then through middle school I just really started like seeing that basketball was like my sport and I was like mom mom and dad I really love this sport um let me see if I can start like you know going to like AU tournaments and you know being more competitive with it and I think it was in high school that um it just opened me up to other sports so like I played volleyball I ran track and basketball obviously but um basketball was always like my number one sport and my number one love right so the other coaches, they kind of understood that, um, you know, like I was focused on basketball. So they were pretty flexible when it came to practices or I had to miss practice um, or I had to miss like an event. Um, but I loved it. I loved playing three sports. Um, it kept me active and, you know, kept me busy. And it also helped me with when I went to college to time manage because um, right. throughout the year in high school, um, you always had to be on your homework you know, when to study and turning in assignments. So it kept me busy and also allowed me to um, keep my schedule, like, in check. <laughs> right. No, I totally understand. And I, I always tell, uh, I mean, a lot of the coaches and a lot of the athletes that I, I bring on this podcast, we talk about this a lot, but, like, I feel like you, you should play multiple sports. I mean, growing up um, – like you said, as long as you can manage your time, as long as you can, I guess, devote enough attention to each sport. Um, but then I know I know on the con- controversy side, I know other coaches are like, well, yeah, play multiple sports, this, this, this. And then, like, maybe sometimes at what point do you like, hey, I'm getting pretty good at baseball or I'm getting pretty good at, at basketball. Like, like, maybe we should narrow it down to one sport. And I know that's always, like, tough conversations, especially for the athlete that, like, like in your case, who love three sports. So, like, man, yeah. do I just have to just stop playing two sports that I, I really love to play? So that uh, that can get to, to like, 
really, really, uh, like I said, have some, have some tough conversations and kind of figure out your life's plan in a matter of a split second. So like I said, I guess hats off to you to kind of figure out how to, how to manage and, and run all three sports kind of at the same time. Yeah, thank you. But I would say it was tough, you know, at times. Um, I would, like, make it – I was a pretty good runner in track. And so, like, I made it to states a couple times, and I had missed states because I had to go to an AU tournament for an exposure event or, some, or a showcase. So it always was – I had to sacrifice, you know, big-time events in my other sports. Right. But I knew just knew basketball was my first love, and I was going to – I would drop anything just to play basketball. Right. So that's how I took it. <laughs> yeah. So okay, let's uh, let's let's put this in. Then um, when did you kind of start to see that like you're really starting to have some success? It's more so on the basketball end. And like, at what point did you like figure out, hey, listen, I I want to really try to play basketball at the highest level. So like, when at what point was that kind of in your in your life? Yeah. Um, I would say eighth grade I knew deep down I wanted to but my environment and where I was they it didn't like conduce it wasn't conducive for that but I just knew if I stuck to like what I wanted to accomplish and I always like had my mom and dad and my family they always backed me up but um definitely in eighth grade and then a little bit in high school I was just like okay this is what I'm gonna do and this is what I'm trying to accomplish which is you know, gain a college scholarship to get my education paid for. Right. And um, so, yeah, I just really devoted a lot of time to basketball more than any of my other sports. They, the other sports, they kind of knew that um, I was using them like volleyball. I was using it to, like, time how to block, you know, when I was right. down in, like, the post area. And then for track, it was for conditioning. Right. <laughs> so hey. I kind of, like, tied them into, like, basketball. Right, and I'm sure both sports will, will, would absolutely take you in a heartbeat every single every single every single season. They would absolutely love to have you on the team too. Um. Oh, that's what my <laughs> volleyball coach said every time. She's like, "I wish you would just focus on volleyball," and I was like, "No, I can't do that. Like, I just love basketball too much." And right. I just started devoting like getting trainers um putting extra time into the gym maybe after school or before practice um that's just how I was that was where my mindset was at the time right no I, t- I totally I totally agree and I know you talked about a little bit with like you said you had some major influences with like your parents and like your family so like were there any other like I guess major influences like whether it was a, like you said a trainer or a coach um, and you're f- feel free to name drop anybody here um, that like kind of helped you in sports um, or in life in general to just kind of like help put you in a position to like where you could be on more of a straight and successful path versus like a normal high school kid that just like oh wants to be affiliated and everything can got, kind of get pulled in all different uh, directions yeah as I'm thinking now I would say you know Oriyama, you know the yep. head woman, the head coach at the women's team of UConn, then yep. Kobe Bryant, and I want to say Candace Parker yep. or Diana Trosny. Um, they definitely were huge influences. I try to like replicate my game like Candace Parker's in many way, and then I took away from Kobe was his mentality and his mindset and how he approached the game and how he basically like once you step across that line you know the sideline or that box that you're in it's a different game and it's a different animal that you have to become and as soon as you exit 
you know, those lines in that game. It's just you can be the kindest, sweetest person that, you know, you can be. Right. And um, that's what I try to replicate in my just mentality of everyday life and also how he just, you know, got better each day no matter what it was. Even if it was like a little thing, um, free throws and conditioning, um, that's really what he impacted in my life and my game. And then Gino Oriyama, I was just in awe and just obsessed with him when I was little. I was always like, I want to go play for UConn. <laughs> I want to play for UConn, like, so badly. And um, <laughs> and I know at a tournament, um, I think it was, like, USJN in D.C., um, I saw him, and I was just, like, in awe. And just his presence and how he carried himself. <laughs> and he wasn't arrogant. He was just very confident. So I just looked at him as, like, you know, when you know the game and you know what you're capable of, just be confident in that and don't allow anyone else to, you know, deter- deteriorate it or, you know, make you doubt yourself. Right, for sure. And I guess and that's all, those are all pretty good uh, athletes and coaches to kind of model your life and model your game around because, they, I mean, they're, they've been ultra successful at the highest level. So, like, that comes with a lot of pressure. Uh, that comes with a lot of adversity, and I think all all of them that you named uh, handled and carried themselves uh, very well, and still and still currently do. So I mean, uh, yeah, so that's that just kind of is a is a positive uh, role model for for you. Um, so like I said, let's honestly just dive right into like going through some of your high school career. So like I mean, I don't want you don't have to talk yourself up or nothing. I guess I can <laughs> shed some light, but I mean. Uh, Hampton High School Defensive Player of the Year as a freshman, led the led the team in in steals, second in scoring, second in rebounding. Uh, your sophomore year, Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, leading scorer, leading rebounder, all section team. Um, Max Preps uh, Player of the Year, 2014-2015. Um, I guess transferred to Vincentian Academy, helped your team to win a, another Whipple Championship. Blah blah blah. Senior year, 2016, kind of helped your team win another Whipple Championship game, and then um, reach a thousand points. Uh, and then also that turns into like uh, starting to receive a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of uh, accolades and offers from from multiple schools of all of all levels. So kind of like just touch base on like your high school career and like what were some of the most memorable parts and like if you could go back and do something different what would that entail yeah wow that was sometimes I forget I like accomplished that and I don't know if it's like I like you know being too humble about it or I don't know but um thank you you know for acknowledging that right you know saying it but um just looking back uh I'm really, really thankful that I was able to be a part of both those teams. Um, it just happened to not really work out at Hampton um, due to bullying issues. And, you know, it wasn't good for my mental health to be there. Right. But um, once I went to Vincentian, I'm very, very grateful for the girls and the coaches and teachers and everyone that was there who made my transition easier and um, just welcomed me with open arms. But, um some of my favorite memories in high school is definitely um, winning a state title. I have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's nothing like it when you know all your hard work has paid off and you're at the Giant Center and you have that gold medal hanging around your neck. It's just like there's no other feeling. And then you get to celebrate it with your team and everyone. Um, you get to tour Hershey and it was just the best feeling in the world and I'll never, ever forget that. Right. No, that's... Um, that's amazing, though. 
Yeah, it definitely was an accomplishment that goes down in the books. All right. <laughs> um, and then one of my lows was definitely just um, not taking care of myself mentally. Um, now that I'm, like, a little older and I look back, I'm like, wow, I really should have just, like, been confident in myself and not really conform to what people say or what um, other people's goals are, what their expectations of me, if I just stay true to who I am and just know that what I want to accomplish and what I want to get out of my life um, is definitely something that if I had to change, I would just tell my younger self that it's just, you know, be true to who you are and you'll get through it. Um, I know it hurts or, you know, it's not the best right now, but you'll get through it and you'll come out stronger. Right. So like, honestly, like, take 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 your your successes and some of your downfalls and like have that tie into like okay now you're starting to you really see your potential I guess starting to peek through like when did you just start to see that like you're starting to get pretty good now you're starting to get recruited talk about a little bit of your recruitment and then ultimately at the end of that um, narrowing it down and like making a decision of where you were going to go to school yeah um I guess I kind of realized I was good once I was, like, the only freshman on the varsity team that was starting at the time. Right. <laughs> um, that's when I was like, oh, wow, like, I have the potential to, you know, go and get a college scholarship. Um, and I just really just went all in, and that's when I started realizing I was, like, good. And um, then the other girls, you know, they're not – they kind of see you, and they're like, oh, I want to be like her, but I'm not, and – you know, they can kind of, like, be girls in some type of way. But um, <laughs> it was just, I just realized that I just wanted to accomplish a college scholarship. And that's what I went and did at um, a bunch of AU tournaments. And I just started getting recognition from all levels, um, D3 to D1. Uh, I was very, very thankful for that. And I didn't realize that was, like, I had that potential but it felt really good to get that acknowledgement. And um, when it came down to it, I decided to go to IEP. And um, IEP became my second home. And I am just so thankful for them and to welcome me and uh, my family into that family up there and the community. They're so great. Um, that's definitely, I would say, is one of the reasons why I went there is because of the community. And how they're so supportive of all sports teams and especially like the women and men's basketball up there. Um, it's something I'm very thankful for to be a part of is, uh, be a part of those like successful seasons and championships that we've won. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's very, uh, very important what you touched on, like you said, the community aspect of things, because like, especially like, let's just say our high end elite players that are coming out of high school these days, they're getting recruited by all these high major schools and everything looks phenomenal. And you know, they're bringing other McDonald's all Americans and this, 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 and it turns into like, okay, well you may go and you may sit for three, four years. And like, is that really what you want to do? Or like, do you want to try to look at a place that is like the best fit for you versus like your biggest offer or biggest school? So like, I think so many people just get wrapped on, wrapped up on it's it's either D1 or nothing um, versus even just taking a look at like schools that are, like I said, maybe it's a, a step down as a D2 school. But let's just say this year, how many D2 schools 
ended up beating Division One schools. So, like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no knock on D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO. Like, if you can play, you can play at any level. Um, right. so it, it, and it just gets to the point where, like, okay, I feel like it at some of the bigger D1 schools, like you said, the community aspect of things aren't prevalent as much just because, like, you're the, you're brought there to win basketball games versus, like, you go somewhere else and, like, like you said, an IUP. And, like, I feel like the coaching staff takes more of a, a family presence with you. Like, they, they, they want to know how you're doing um, inside the classroom, outside the classroom, during the summer, at home. Like, what's your home life like? A little bit of everything. And I feel like that's where uh, uh, people should take a look at schools, like I said, that would fit their fit their mold the best um, and, and take a look at some of the smaller schools versus, like, oh, I got five power five offers, but I may never, ever play. Like you just gotta, I right. think, I think you gotta reach out the pros and cons and figure out what's the best fit for me. Yeah, it's definitely to reiterate is that you have to find your fit, and um, I just knew IEP was the right fit for me because um, it was close to home, and also, like you said, the coaching staff really made me feel like family, and knowing that I had a support system away from my home that I would be able to go to any time and any place, and. And also, I felt like I was a person rather than just a number. You know, if you right. go to a bigger school, you're kind of just, you're there to win. You know, nothing else. Um, uh, but, yeah, I really, really am grateful for my experience up there. Yeah, so honestly, like, I mean, t- touch on touch on some of your playing history at, at IUP. Mm-hmm. I mean, played in 23 games as a freshman um, and then played in 34 games um, your sophomore year. Uh, averaged average uh, just a handful of points but you're off of a really really good team and then turn into your junior and senior year I think you started to like really start to leave your mark on the program so like talk about like your playing career at IUP and like transition from like when you were a freshman to like the latter part of your years and like how you as an individual really started to develop but then also you and your team started to develop and mesh um, to become a better and better unit as one. Yeah, um, definitely. And I have to say, going into college, it is a transition. Like, you are the star at your high school, you know, you're the big time, your name's everywhere. But when you go to college, that's what everyone is. Everybody is, you're right. (laughs) Right, so you almost have to find your way on how to leave your mark, basically. And um, my freshman year, I was still trying to find that. And um, I think I started actually two games, and then my coach – just said, hey, we're going to go with, you know, someone who's older. Basically, like, he was like, we're going to start a veteran over you. And I was like, okay. So I just, like, embraced that. I embraced that role. I just looked at the person ahead of me and was like, okay, what can I do so, you know, I can impact the team in the way that they need me to. And um, that was just, you know, being on the second team and just playing hard and getting the starters ready. Um and then going into my sophomore year, I was like, okay, well, on top of that, after my freshman year, we didn't lose anyone. So we were having the same team going into my sophomore year. Right. So it was almost like, I was like, oh, this is going to be a repeat. But I was like, okay, I'll do the best of what I'm giving with. Right. Which is, you know, limited time. But um, when I get in there, just try to make the best impact that I can. And that's what I did and it wasn't like I was trying to be like oh like I'm gonna transfer because this 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 I was like you know I think this is just the way that I'm supposed to be here and I'm supposed to go through this so that 
you know, in my position now, we'll get into that, but, like, in my position now, I was just, like, you know, I went through that for a reason. Right. And, um, yeah, so during my sophomore year, I just really was just focused on doing the best I could with the time I was given. Um, and then into my junior year, I just, something flipped, and I would say, like, maybe a switch or just something, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can this summer so that I'm not on the bench and so that they can't literally sit me. Like, I'm going to just make my impact and just try to be the best I can. Right. And so I went into that summer and just grinded, basically. Like, I wasn't focused on anything. I think I deleted all my social media. Right. I think I didn't talk to really anyone besides, like, really close friends. Right. <laughs> But that's, you know. but that's something you have to do if, like, you really want to change change your the outcome you're in. You have to ultimately change your mindset, change your change your daily habits, and it's, like, it's one small thing at a time. And, like, now you look back at it and it's like, man, I, like you said, it's I mean, it's hard for anybody. I'm not even saying a teen to go without social media, just how prevalent it is in today's day and age. But, like, I mean, there's people that if you really, really, truly locked in and, and, and want to achieve a goal, like, you got to be willing to give up a lot of stuff to ultimately like achieve your, your highest potential. So like I said, hats off to you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so then I earned, I would say earned because I really worked hard my starter position that year. And it wasn't anything that I was expecting at all going into that year, but I was just like, you know, hard work does pay off when you put it in and, you know, sometimes that opportunity comes up and it's like, are you going to seize it? Or, you know, like right. you have to seize the opportunity. Right. And then going into my senior year, um, we lost a bunch of starters. But I wouldn't say, like, we had so much doubt on us that it kind of fueled us as a younger team. We were like, okay, let's, let's prove to them that we are capable of this and we can do this. So hats off to the girls that I was following with my senior year, like, I love them to death, and they will always be my sisters. And, um, yeah, I just really love them. And we literally had, I think, the best season going into postseason that ever in the program history of women's basketball at that IEP. So we definitely were just motivated by just doubt, and we were like, yeah, we're going to just prove everyone wrong. We have each other on our sides. We believe in each other. So let's just go ahead and let's do this thing. <laughs> right, for sure. And like I said it, it seemed like you had had a, a big impact on on your team. Um, left your like left your mark at your school, and like it just seemed like your success just kind of keep rolling and rolling and getting bigger and bigger. And like ultimately, that's gonna impact you and as an individual. But like I said, it'll have more of an impact. Um, as a team and like i said like the, the the locker room days the the stuff that you miss with your your teammates like those are the moments and memories you're gonna have uh for years and years to come versus like what our what was our record our junior and senior year in college like yeah you can always right. find that out but like it, i'd rather like ha have a lasting bond with my college teammates every day um of people who actually like really want to be a part of your life and actually really care about you because those are the people you like really went to war with for <laughs> three, four, five yeah. years. Like, so that's a, those are, those are very, very important people in my life as well. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Um, I think literally going into my junior year, I mean, senior year, sorry. 
um, I posted a photo, and I was like, who want, who wants war with us? And I'm pretty sure it's like a lyric or something. Yeah. But all the girls went crazy when I said that, and it was like something that we literally just like, it was our motto. We're like, <laughs> who wants war with us? Like, right. seriously, like, we're going to battle. Let's go. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's cool. So, like, honestly, let's take that and, like, you just graduated at IUP. What's next? So, like, what did what'd you get into right after right after college? And then, like, I guess we can transition that to, like, how you got into, the, like, roles and stuff that you're in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, at the end of my senior year, um, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it ended, you know, abruptly. Um, I didn't expect it at all. And it hurt really at first because I was just so out of, I was not in control of how the way my career ended. So it hurt me and it stung. But um, I was looking to play overseas, you know, for a bit. And, um, you know, it just never happened and never came up because due to the pandemic. But um, it gave me a lot of time to reflect on what I do want to accomplish and what I want to leave. Like, what do, what does Lexi Griggs want to become? And, you know, who does she want to leave there you know leave a legacy out there for the world to see and um it just a lot of reflection time it gave me and so I just talked to a few of my mentors and I was just like you know I think I may want to go into coaching and they were like okay like why not like you know um I'll have you help out and I just started helping out at a few local gyms and I was just like you know this is something I really enjoy because um the players that I was interacting with, they were just so kind. Um, they were always hungry to learn more, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting, and you can see them improve. And it just really was something that I was like, I can really see myself doing this and also impacting so many lives and leaving them inspired to just want more out of life, too. And then I also realize that I kind of want to become a psychologist as well <laughs> and maybe focus in on sports and performance uh, uh, that's what I was thinking about doing um, we'll see if that happens but that's definitely something of an interest of mine just because um, I like I've mentioned mental health is so important and once you have your mental right, um, you can accomplish literally anything in life if you put your mind to it. Right, so. totally agree. Like I said, I think that's, like, the biggest thing of, like, like you said, anything. is It's just, like, if you can, like, believe in yourself and have confidence in yourself and it's, like, mm-hmm. it gets to the part where, like, most of the hardest things that you got to do is literally just overcoming your mind. Oh, getting out of yeah. bed in the morning is the hardest thing mm-hmm. for some people. And, like, as soon as you get out of bed okay, it's done, it's a wrap, but it's like just doing it, mm-hmm. okay, it's doing the unnecessary work that you don't want to do, but as soon as you just start, somehow you just finally find some momentum that just, you figure it out and you get it done, like, that's where, like, if you, if you can believe in yourself and have confidence, and like I said, you really can achieve anything you really want. Yes, yes, it's so true, and I would say, you know, during that last summer, I just really was going through a rough time in my life, and it was the struggle when I just realized how much I wasn't focusing on, you know, my own self-care and on my mental health because I was always on a grind. Right. I never was really, like, pouring back into myself. And so it just gave me a time to realize, like, you have to, you every day, just take it moment by moment and just, you'll get through it. Um, just think positive and always flip your negative thoughts to a positive one. 
I mean, it's going to take some time for that to, like, automatically happen. But right. if you just catch yourself in a negative thought, just flip it real quick and you'll get through it. Right. Yep. Totally understand. I'm totally with you. So, like, like I said, take that, take that and, like, what have you, what are you currently doing right now in your position? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm back. I'm volunteering with the women's team at IEP, and I'm loving that right now. Um, it's actually really helping me to um, encourage them and also tell them to, like, really just focus on them right now because they obviously didn't have a season due to COVID, um, the pandemic going on. But um, it just gave them a lot of time to just focus on their studies, you know, education, and focus on them and just really pour into them and pour into their mental so that, you know, by next season they'll be stronger than they ever been before. Right. Like I said, that's a, and I said, it's such a big part of the game. And like now you're kind of like role reversal. You're kind of a, a, a coach now kind of giving back to players. And I think that's big that you can kind of share your light um, and what helped you and what you could have done did, did different. Um, but also I think it's very important that you're at your same school too. So like you're where you're working with your old coach, correct? So now it's like yeah. your coach is now technically like your boss. So you already have a connection with him, but then also like, like you're not working for somebody you're not, I guess, close with. So you can already, you already know the offense, you already know the defense and plays. And like, I feel like you can give like more insight to these players just because you've been there, you've been through it. Um, you graduate and you ha- and you had a, a really successful career there as well. So like, I think that like helps the players that are currently there now just because they had someone go through it already. Yeah, it's definitely different, you know, being there as a coach and you know not being there as their like teammate and their buddy. But um, I've always told them I was like, I'm here always. I'm gonna be like a bigger sister in the coaching role to you guys. But um, yeah, it definitely really does help that um, you know, I kind of have relationships with them it's just in a different role that I'm having another relationship with them um so it does definitely help and like you said with my head coach um he is awesome shout out to him for even just like you know giving me the confidence and encouragement to just go for it and um have no fear and just be as confident as I can be in this role that I have now um and also it does help because he, now I'm seeing him through a different lens on the basketball side, and I'm just realizing that he is a basketball genius. And just seeing, I'm just learning so much from him. Like I'm just being a complete student, and at his like will for just to give me the knowledge that he knows and just share it with me. Right. Yeah. No, that's phenomenal. Like I said, and hopefully, like whatever this leads to. Hopefully, he'll always be in your back pocket, and you can always use him as a reference um, for for the rest of your life. Invite him to your weddings and all that stuff. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. talk about like plans for the future. So, like, if you have like goals that you want to achieve in the short term, or like the long term, or like even like what's the end goal? Like, what do you want to ultimately end up doing? Um, and kind of talk about like I said, your plans for the next so many years. Yeah. Um... Well, I guess in the next five years, I kind of wrote them down because, you know, I'm just a visual person, so I write down, like, my goals, and I change them literally every five years. Right. And, um, but the first one is literally be an assistant coach 
and I don't have any specific to who or where or anything like that, right. but it's just the assistant coach coaching basketball. Right. And then my next one is to become a psychologist and become a sports psychologist. So, like, a psychologist is a little different than a sports psychologist, but they're under the same umbrella because mm-hmm. of psychology. But, um, yeah. And then my third one is to get help my sisters run their business and hopefully grow mine one day. Right, for sure. And then, yeah. And then um, my fourth one will be grow my business, obviously. <laughs> but um, right. it's not a priority just because, um, you know, I have other things going on. And it's not like it's not a priority. It's just um, I just really want to devote, like, have a little focus you know, a low lens towards coaching and being what I can be best at, um, which is, you know, about around the basketball, around basketball and around the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I said it's, I think it's crazy that like you can find a full-time job, full-time profession, full-time business, everything just by using a basketball. And like, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to like, just by me, being able to handle it, dribble it, and pass it, shoot it, defend it, teach it. Like, now I I run a full-time training company, which is kind of crazy to me. Like, just because I I used to play all day, every day, now I can find a – I just saw it a a very paid – a very well-paid hobby. Like, it's just fun to just go and teach – teach the game. And it's – it's. I mean, it's it's been cool to – like, it's, I guess, taken me to where it's at. But, like – I get to work with a lot of kids, especially a lot of different skill levels, whether it's a, a pro player to an elite college player, or high school player, but like also like your kindergartner who's just first learning how to dribble. Like, so it's cool to like, just see everybody's different progression and stages at the game and like, see how far that it really has taken you. And like, and I just think it's still crazy that like, you don't need to have a nine to five job sitting behind a desk all the time. You can go literally f- find your passion, what you're really good at and just, mm-hmm figure out a way to make it work and it's been it's been cool this far so like i said i'm really interested to see like the direction of of where your your goals go and 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 if you can keep everything aligned and, and make it work yeah yeah i hope so too um definitely i have to agree on you know you have to find your passion and you have to do what you love and you have to want to wake up every day be excited and you know, ready to take on the world, that kind of attitude. So um, that's definitely where I'm excited about as well. But um, I'm just taking it day by day, moment by moment, and just trying to get through my journey. And, you know, I'm just like everyone else, you know. I'm just trying to find my way. Right, for sure. (laughs) um, Like anything, I just am following what my heart says and following what I'm passionate about. Perfect. I'd love to hear it. So there's... Honestly, I got a couple more questions, and like I said, they're super, super easy, but, like, in your opinion, like, where do you see the direction of, like, the women's game going? Because I know it's been, like, it's, I think the women's game is, like, a, not saying an all-time high right now, but it's, like, the direction it's going in my vision is, like, especially having Kobe Bryant. Kobe was a big advocate for women's women's basketball, especially having daughters growing up with it. But, like, I just think that, like I said, everything's starting to come a little bit onto a bigger stage, I guess, with women's basketball, especially like the AAU events. So you go to a Nike EYBL event and then you got a boys Nike EYBL event and then you go to like a girls Under Armour event now. And I feel like they're both on the same pedestal now. Like there's so much exposure. I feel like 
even online platforms, women's slam, overtime, women's basketball, like there's giving um, women a, a chance to like be more shed into the spotlight versus just like always taking a back seat um, to men. And then I honestly think that like just within the last year, like, I mean, Paige Buchers and like Haley Van Lith, like mm-hmm. these girls that are like now bred into the spotlight, it just it gives them a national name and the presence that like, I think gave a lot of girls, just younger girls, hope that like, hey, I can do this too type of deal. And it's like, it just is like a, provided some really positive role models for people. So like, where do you see the direction of like the women's game going? Yeah. um, First, the March Madness, I think of this year really, really helped get the awareness out there that, um, you know, we kind of weren't having equal equipment, you know, because the whole weight room, situation and you know um practice facilities food all that um it just brought great awareness to what is actually happening it just went viral and it just happened to be viral and i think that really really helped bring more awareness and it's going to help the game grow even more and um i'm just excited to see where it goes because for me i can only see it going up um i think it's going to become something that is not a taboo subject like no one never talks about it and no one never is not going to encourage their daughter or you know niece or uh sister to go out there and play a sport like it's going to be something that you know girls will become familiar with and be like yeah i want to be like you know megan rapone or um you know sue bird or you know just any one of those professional athletes to look at and be like I want to become just like her and it will be something that I'm excited to see and be something I'm really excited to be a part of as well right oh for sure like I said I I just think that like the direction of like I said the women's game is slowly certain to like like take preface now and it's like I feel like it's not always on the back burner but yeah I would say the one thing especially like the women's tournament like I mean Mm -hmm. the food was different the the weight room was different. The gear bags, all that stuff was different. Like, yeah. and I know there's different budgets and I know this and this, but like, I mean, women can hoop too. So like, <laughs> why, right. why, why, why do they have to take a back seat type of deal? So yeah, I'll be anxious. Just kind of, like I said, over the next couple of years, see, see how the women's game transition and not saying it's equal to the men, but just like see how far the women can really take things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. So what is, Give us, like, one piece of advice, and I always like to ask this to everybody, like, one piece of advice that you could kind of give somebody to, like, lead them on the same path as you or, like, kind of follow in the right direction or, like, just anything that could really help somebody else. Like, give us one piece of advice. One piece of advice I would give to anyone is literally be be you and be true to yourself and don't try to be someone else because there's only one of you on this world. So you need to make the most of your journey here. And so do not copy someone else's walk of life. You make your walk of life the best thing that's ever walked this earth. <laughs> right. And I think that, I think that, like you said, that falls into so many categories because like, I mean, people just like, they see, and I, I mean, they see Instagram and like, and I'm not saying Instagram is fake, but like, everything looks phenomenal on Instagram. Like you're not going to put, you're not going to put like your, your, your struggles or your downfalls or anything on Instagram. You're going to put like everything to like make everybody else jealous. 
So then I think that in that yeah, point, it's like, like yeah. So like in that point, like everybody only sees, like I guess not a true you. So like I feel like if you can just, I mean, be yourself and just be real with people. I think that t- that goes so much farther than just like what you can do for somebody. So I guess the last question I really got for you is like I also asked this too. I need your top three players in all time, um, and you can give it on the men's side of the game and you can get it on the women's side of the game. So like I want to hear in order three to two to one. So like one being the greatest on both the men's and women's side. In order. Okay. Um, Michael Jordan first. So he's because- number one. Yeah, he's okay. number one for me, and it's just because he's he was the similar position as me, but also he could score at all three levels at such a like it, it's just phenomenal just to watch him because he had such a mentality that was like I'm gonna just obliterate this person in front of me and I don't care who you are. Right. Um. The number two for me will have to be Diana Taurasi because she is just a straight bucket on the woman's side. And the fact that she's still playing, yeah, I just have to commend her for, you know, just still going strong and also having that mentality of, literally, I do not care who's in front of me. I'm here to compete, and I'm here to win. Right. Um, and then third, um, I will have to say Paige from UConn. Yeah. Um. She has been, she's a special player, and I've never seen a player like her before, and the fact that she's a freshman is scary. Right. It's a woman's game. It's scary, so um, I'm excited to see where she goes, but yeah, those are my top three. Yeah, Lisa, I think that she's got so much upside and potential that, like, like you said, it could really get ugly in the next couple of years, how good she really can mm-hmm. become. Um, so yeah, and she's just, she's, she's special, and she just, I mean, she embraces the game, she embraces, like her role and like she doesn't always have to go score 30 she could impact the game just by her passing and by like attacking the defenders and and being able to like kick it off to somebody else but just being a a presence that is always like you you have to know where I'm at at all times I think is is big yeah so I guess I agree I guess I got one more and it's like who's the best hooper in the in the Griggs family so like I guess me knowing you now but also like I mean, your younger brother Alex is one of my one of my players at first love. Like, I'm like I'd like to know this answer. Who's the best? Who's the best Griggs Hooper? Okay, honestly, I would say it was me <laughs> up until I became a freshman in college because once he hit his growth spurt, I couldn't match his physicality of the game. But I mean, <laughs> let me say I am basketball smart. I have a little more high, higher IQ than him, but. His physicality of the game is just completely different, and um, yeah, he'll drop buckets on me anytime. And so I will you're gonna you're that. gonna say your I little brother that. is better than you? How are you gonna do that? I will own that. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I guess last thing I really want to know is like for anybody that uh kind of wants to get in touch with you, um, if you do, if you know your social media handles off the top of your head, like more so, like I said, your Instagram and Twitter. Um, feel free to drop those here. Like, what are your handles that people can kind of, like, follow along with your journey at? Yeah, on um, Twitter, it's Lexi, L-E-X-I-G underscore. And on Instagram, it's Love Alexis. So, L-U-V, 
B-A-L-E-X-I-S-S underscore. Perfect. You heard it here first. So, uh, Alexis, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and hearing hearing more about, like I said, your your life and your journey in the basketball world. And, like, and I mean, you already know this, but if there's anything I could ever do, like I said, feel free. Please reach out to me. Like I said, um, we'll make it work. But, like I said, if, this is what I always like to do, too, is, like, hopefully in, uh, like, two, three years, bring you back on the podcast and kind of, like, see how things aligned the way you said the first time. So, how everything kind of matches up. So I definitely would love to bring you back on the podcast here in the future. Yeah, I would love to do that. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I said, uh, for everybody looking to, to follow along with uh, Alexis Griggs, they said, reach out to her social media handles. And they said, I wish you nothing but the best there, sweetheart. Thank you. You're welcome. You hey, you too. Take care.